Welcome once again into the Soccer OG. That's me, Max Bretos. This is episode 25. This is 24 hours in Las Vegas. We'll get to all of that, but as I do each and every episode, a reminder to please download, share, leave a comment, and be part of the OG family. We're thrilled to have you with us, and we continue to go from strength to strength, including my second trip to a major final. Call me the U.S. Men's National Team. Good luck, Charm. I was in Denver for the Nations League final. They won. I was in Las Vegas for the Gold Cup final. They won. I know several of the thousand people did the same, but they're not talking about it. And I will be at the World Cup qualifier in November the 12th in Cincinnati. So Mexico fans, do your best to prevent me from leaving uh, nothing too dire, but maybe, you know, block a door here or there or cause a traffic jam on my way to the airport. See what you can do, because obviously this is what's holding back your program. I don't have my show is this week. I was there and I had my phone out. I was limited with the amount of technology. I wasn't sure I was going to make it on time. So I had my phone and a microphone out, and I walked around the stadium, and I interviewed some people about it. I was kind of limited, although I did manage to get three different levels of Allegiant Stadium, and I will share that with you here today. So we get a little feel of a historic night at a new stadium for the Gold Cup Final, and a big situation happening with the U.S., a big situation. In stoppage time, after you hear all that, I will give you my thoughts on what happens with the U.S. team. Where are they headed? We'll also include Mexico because let me tell you what, I watch a lot of Mexican TV shows, sports related, obviously, and uh, the folks that talk there are pretty concerned about what they're seeing with regards to their team compared to the United States. So we will get going here. We will have a little taste. You can come along for a crazy 24 hours with me in Las Vegas, talk to some of the people. And take a look at what is going on with the U.S. men's national team. So please download, rate, review, subscribe, whatever you got to do. Soccer OG, 24 hours in Las Vegas, stoppage time afterwards talking about where the U.S. team is going. And that is all next on a program that starts right now. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the Soccer OG. I made it. Finished work at 1.30 Pacific time. Got to my flight at 2.24, Terminal 7 in LAX. And now, dropped my bag at the hotel, and I'm here at the stadium. Very careful. Masked up, everyone. So I'm going to piece the podcast together. It's going to be a hot mess. But I'm in the, I'm in the line to get a, a beverage. And, um, you know, I just I had COVID, so... I, I'm doing well and I'm still very careful. This is still insane. But anyway, I'm going to piece it together. If I see some people, we'll talk. And uh, we'll give you the sights, the sounds, and uh, in the famous words in Spinal Tap, the smells of what is happening here at Allegiant Stadium. Lots of complaints in and around coming in. People going, what's up with the parking? I left the hotel and I wrangled like five or six people in the line to get into one of these party buses. And we split the difference, like $30 a pop. Great move on my part. It's loud in here, you hear it? 
A lot of, uh, obviously, more Mexico fans, but there's some, a lot of red and blue. I'm wearing a green shirt, which was a, a short-sighted on my part, but that's neither here nor there. So I'll try and document as much. It's bananas. Atmospheric as you could always imagine. By the way, uh, all air conditioned in here. It is tremendous. You walk out of that 99, 100 degree heat and you roll into this. It is something to absorb. I hope you guys can hear me all right. I checked the audio. I thought it was okay. So I'm going to piece it together, but I wanted to give you my thoughts as I walked in. Obviously, uh, a lot of complaints about the parking, the heat, the lines. It, uh, the old adage, two pounds of crap in a one-pound bag. I mean, everything has got long lines, people coming in. This is one of those things you probably want to show up an hour and a half, two hours early so you can get a, a beverage and a snack and get to your seat. Allegiant Stadium, as you would expect, remarkable. I took a look at the field. Something else. It's going to be really big. Now reports that MLS is looking very strongly at Las Vegas to be the 30th MLS expansion, which is going to be the most popular road trip, no less. Uh, hopefully COVID's a lot better by the time that rolls around. I'm sure it will be. Hey, there's some guys with Guatemala jerseys. What the heck are they doing here? That's one of my pet peeves when you show up for an, uh, a rival's jersey at a game and you're not playing. What's going on? Allegiant Stadium is pretty, pretty cool. I hope to make a room. I'm just, I'm just uh, gen pop here today with regards to walking in. So um, this is very cool to be here. But, man, I'm glad. I, I don't know how I pulled it off. And I'll talk to some of the folks. All right. We'll talk to you then. Oh, wait a minute. Hey, can I, can I talk to you guys for my podcast? Yeah, what's up, man? What, what's your experience like being over here? Well, I'm a huge Raiders fan, and I think this stadium is, like, absolutely beautiful. And coming from a person that had season tickets to the Coliseum, this is, like, like... But you live in, you live in L.A., though. No, I, I, I live in, in uh, Northern California. Do you think the Raider fans will be happy that they can come here, either, either NorCal or SoCal, or are they still upset? Oh, without a doubt, you know what I mean? This is a, good, this is a, good. This is a beautiful stadium. It's probably cheaper than to park at the, the Oakland Alameda Stadium. Yeah, it is. You know what I mean? It really is. It's, it's 80, last, the year, 2019, the last year, it was 85 bucks for parking. 85? $85. That's crazy. Yeah, it's a nice you can get a hotel and your room comp. You can get your food comp for that here. Yeah, you know. And then uh, the other thing is this: I, I since I was a member, a uh, uh, season ticket of the Raiders when we were at the Coliseum, there were several times there was feces on the football field. So you that know that can't happen here. That exactly. What's your name? I'm James. James. I'm Max. What do you think about all the soccer fans here and having these games here? You know what? It's amazing. You know. You know. You got support from. From all over the country here, you know, we got here yesterday, last minute thing, and we to see the coming to this game, and there's people coming from Denver, coming from New York, and all that stuff, you know, just to watch, you know, Mexico, USA, you know. What about coming in and out of the stadium? Is it hard, easy? Is it a pain in the ass? You know, if you're smart, you're gonna get a limo for 200 bucks That's in the stadium. What I did? <laughs> what I, did. You know? I split it with some people. And, and, instead of waiting uh, 45 minutes for a cab, you know. Right. Yeah, so that's that's what we did. What's your name? 
Robert. Robert, he got you to come here? No, I got him to come here. You're a soccer fan. Uh, yeah. And you believe you got the U.S. colors, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the Good US man. Colors. I'm a U.S. fan, but I'm wearing a green shirt. I'm an idiot. But anyway, James Robert, thanks for chatting with me. It's called the Soccer OG Podcast. Check it out, Soccer OG. We're growing it. <laughs> there, there's, my, there's my logo. Let's get in there. Alright, hi, I'm, uh, I've been moving around the stadium here, just giving you some updates. Again, spectacular views. Oh, oh, still scoreless. I'm going to do the full-time thing here in a minute. I just want to say, if you get to this stadium, you got to check out the artwork here on the suite level. They have this, this painting of John Madden that's, you saw that one? Did you guys see it? It's kind of freaky, but in a cool way. Tremendous artwork. Frank Sinatra. Who else was there? Kenny Stabler? This is Adriano, my friend. Now, Adriano. Yeah, Adriano. Yeah, Forza Italia. Adriano. Oh! Oh! Yes! Chassis Zardes. He was offside. He was offside. Adriano's this guy who came to a USA-Mexico game with an Italy shirt on. What? So when you woke up, you're like, I'm wearing this today. Yeah, so I got to represent Italia, Forza Italia, you know, they got the they got the Euro Cup, so I gotta represent. Some people say if USA wins this, USA. I know people are telling Adriano Silva. What do you think about this? Is the first time you've been to the stadium? First time, beautiful stadium. Uh, the artwork at the uh, in the uh, in this uh, VIP area, amazing. You got Frank Sinatra, like as he said. Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor, Muhammad Ali. All of the greatest, all, the all in this area. All of the Raiders, greatest Are you players. A Raider fan? I'm not. What's your team? Uh, I, I'm a player fan. So, all of the people. Oh, man, this game's getting good. It's getting, it's getting crazy out here. I wish y'all were here. It's an amazing game. You know, uh, Mexico versus USA. It's that's, a great game. That's a nice thing for you to say. I wish everyone was here. I wish everyone was here. I wish everyone. I would love here. to share this. I, what do you? I'd say. I, I would say what I like about the stadium, obviously the artwork, the natural light that comes in. You can see the Vegas Strip in these windows. And I know it's a massive stadium, but it, it, it doesn't feel that big, right? Am I, am I, yep. Is that an optical illusion? 70,000 fans, and it does not feel that way. There are plenty of seats, plenty of people. You know what? Mexico versus USA, you would think there were so much, you know, uh, differences, but everyone here is respectful yes. and yes. great everything so hats off to the people from usa hats off to the people from mexico that are here and from italy too and from <laughs> italia absolutely i gotta represent i gotta say respectful everyone i'm glad you said that man because mexican fans get a bad rap and uh they're the nicest folks they will they'll buy you a beer if you let them and uh it's a very cool vibe. Absolutely. Beautiful women. Wait a beautiful minute. people. <laughs> and everything here is is 100%. Yes. There are some... There's good. Adriano, I thank you for your honesty and your, your friendship. Yes, I sir. It. I appreciate you. <laughs> okay, you're going to be incognito. This is my podcast, so I'm recording it. So you're just a, a patron by the name of Big Jim, all right? No. Big Jim... <laughs> Tom. <laughs> Tom Penn, my good friend. What do you think about this stadium, man? It's pretty dope. I didn't say mention my last name. <laughs> we don't hide anything. 
Yeah, this is quite a scene for America. No one, no one listens to my podcast. It's get a slow growth. You have a podcast? <laughs> get out of here. Uh-oh. Uh, your friend Ruben, Ruben, we're going to keep you away from all the, the cutlery, all right? Because you, I know you're, you're tightly wound today for this game. You know, it's a high-pressure situation. Absolutely. What do you need from me? <laughs> I just want to get your thoughts on this game. Talk to me. Okay. What has stood out? What has stood out? Uh, it seems like Mexico's getting a lot of chances but not converting. Uh, uh, That's how I've been reading it. All the Mexicans in this place are a little upset right now because like, they've had easy opportunities and they haven't converted. That, I think that's going to haunt them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you know I'm right. Yes. <laughs> all right. All right. Good day, sir. Uh, your name? Uh, my name is Mark Morris. Hello, Mac. Mike Morris. All right. I'm bugging people in the middle of this really exciting game so that I can get this podcast out later. But we're like around the 64th minute. I just want to get people listening, get the atmosphere. It is spectacular. Well, first of all, you can never judge a man by the size of his microphone. Okay. Because if I did, I'd be in big trouble. Secondly, Max, uh, I'm glad you're here. It's so fun to see you. Uh, they got the dream matchup. The CONCACAF folks are amazing. There's one of my best friends. Uh, hey, uh, hey, best friend, what's going on? We're on my podcast right now. I don't want to <laughs> startle you. What's up, girl? Five Foot Assassin is in the building, everyone. All right, I'm bugging people so that you, the listeners, can enjoy what's going on here in Las Vegas. I'll check in a little bit later. No score, 67th minute. So I'm back here at the Soccer OG Studios. I tried to go a little further. I was looking for some media folks, but I kind of got into the uh, the free beverages as well as the food, and then we hit the town. So I want to thank the folks that I was there, in particular Mark Morris, who uh, opened some doors. So after leaving the game, so I landed at, let's see, I had an obligation at 1.30, 2.30, I had my 2.20 floor, United Terminal 7. I picked that strategically. There was a 2.30 jet blue flight, but 2.24 because jet, uh, Terminal 7, you can come in at Terminal 1 and then do the flip over to 7, which is the final terminal, instead of going deep into Terminal 5. So those extra two minutes, I thought, were valuable. And a stroke of genius because I made it by 60 seconds. Made it in there. Stayed at the Bellagio. And uh, dropped off my bag. And recharged a bit. I literally had to charge my phone, which would run out of steam later. So I got to do better on that when I'm on remote. But I didn't think I was going to make it, so I didn't bring all my equipment. Not that there's a lot, but I may do. I hope uh, you, you liked it. I thought it was something a little different. And um, and I learned some things talking talk to some of the Raider fans there. Uh, after that, we went out with the guys. You leave the stadium, and there's that pedestrian. It's not. It's it's a it's a car bridge, but use it as a pedestrian bridge. And everyone, so don't park. Don't take your car to that stadium. It's it's a nightmare. But you can obviously take cabs or stuff. But I would suggest finding a way to get to the Mandalay Bay. So on the way out, you can see if you ever go there. 
I want to try and make it where it's as cheap as possible. So you know where the Mandalay Bay is, and there's a quadrant not too far with some other hotels. There's a monorail system that starts at the Mandalay Bay that shoots out to where I was staying, the Bellagio, and a little further, so you can go to the mid-strip. So you do this pedestrian bridge. It's a 15-minute walk. You end up at the Mandalay Bay, so you don't have to pay for parking. You can do this really on the cheap. It is an incredible setup. Incredible. And the stadium is fantastic and it's so loud in there and there was a dj playing and then as i pointed out in a previous video the first show there was Elenium, which uh it's a dj and i i think he's made a, a, a video about his first performance there and it looked insane so some of the electronic dj music i'm not really into some of it i'm i am but i would definitely go see a show like that garth brooks played so if you get a chance to see a music show do not hesitate it's going to be a show you won't forget and then you can spill out to Las Vegas. But what I would say is never spend 24 hours in Vegas. I am struggling. I'm recording this Tuesday around 7 o'clock. I could have done it sooner. I just couldn't get going. I can't do it. I'm too old. You need a second day in Vegas to unwind. Have a nice breakfast or lunch. Sit by the pool. Walk around. Do some shopping. Just take it easy a little bit relax i didn't have that i jumped right back in a plane and since i only stayed one night i had to check out our 11 there were no flights back there were two flights from uh, spirit airlines which disappeared and then i found out later they were canceling flights so uh, i was limited it kind of backfired but i did get on a uh, alaska airlines good old alaska air it was at four o'clock so i had to dilly dally around with my bag and that's no fun you need a place to kind of unwind so uh, I, that part I did wrong, but I'm glad I went in and I, I did it and I could say I was there for a historic victory for the U.S. So this is stoppage time and let's get into exactly what happened. And uh, the, first, the first order of business for the United States was to find some players that you could bring into a 23-man roster for World Cup qualifiers, which will begin on September the 2nd. I mentioned earlier the USA is going to play Mexico. All these games are determined early on. There's the first four U.S. home qualifiers will be in Nashville, Austin, Columbus, Ohio in October, and then Cincinnati, Ohio in November. In case you don't know, they play teams like Mexico and Costa Rica further away from where there is a community. So south, southwest, you don't play Mexico there because you're going to get outnumbered. Las Vegas, too. There's a few cities that you figure the U.S., that you won't figure. It will be a good U.S. fan base. Cincinnati's a fine choice. But two stops in Ohio, look, the West has done the U.S. very well. Denver, Las Vegas, I think uh, you can go Salt Lake City, you can go Portland, you can go Seattle. Obviously can't go Los Angeles. Eh, San Francisco. Or it, would be, it would be a Santa Clara game, even though those stadiums are too big. You want 20, 25,000 seats in the U.S. Thanks to Major League Soccer has all of that. So I'm going to talk with Major League Soccer right now, but the big job was for this thing was to see if you can get those players for a World Cup squad. But let's start with Major League Soccer. I think 19 out of 23 players on this squad were MLS players. And we all know the amount of criticism that was, or uh, uncertainty or skepticism towards MLS because they're not European-based players, even though so many of the players from the top U.S. team started in MLS in some way. Weston McKinney in the sense that he started with the academy. Guys used to play here. Zach Steffen was here. Um, Brian Reynolds at FC Dallas. 
Serginho Des obviously started overseas, but as you can imagine, there's enough guys there, Brendan Aronson, that uh, started in Major League Soccer. Mark McKenzie, these guys, Kellen Acosta, and well, we'll I'll, I'll stop there. So all these guys from MLS, were many of them were who folks would roll their eyes when they rolled out there. I mean, Kellen Acosta was the man of that match. Matt Turner was the player of the tournament. Miles Robinson was the the goal-scoring hero. What do these guys all have in common? They're all based in Major League Soccer. MLS deserves a ton of credit because it didn't used to be this way. I don't know why the U.S. fan base feels entitled or, and I'm not saying all of them, but there's, um, we got to be realistic about this. And we've got to be, we, we've got to show respect to MLS. Kiss that ring because they're making this possible. They're playing a big part. And those players I mentioned, and then the young players who will probably be playing in Europe soon, Daryl D.K., Gianluca Busio, James Sands. All these guys are just uh, a big part, and MLS was a big part of their development. And a lot of these guys, like Kellen Acosta, have been around. Sebastian Legette, we need him. He's a key player for this team. So Major League Soccer is a big winner in all of this. And... Uh, it is going to continue to do that because the just the conveyor belt of talent and all these teams are producing young players. Caden Clark didn't play in this because he wasn't fit. He would have been another one. Cade Cowell came on at the end. He didn't get in there. We're gonna have to compete for met with Mexico for his for his player. But let me tell you something. Cade Cowell's probably watching this. Go. I want to play for the U.S. David Ochoa under 20 goalkeeper who played for the U.S. in the Olympics, now changing uh, allegiances to Mexico. And I wonder how much of that is based on opportunity because the U.S., there's less opportunity because this team is is getting talented and loaded. And if their B minus C plus, whatever you want to call it, team can go beat an A minus B plus Mexico team. And look, that could have been a better team. Unfortunately, Chucky Lozano got injured. Raul Jimenez would have been there. He got injured. This is a good Mexico team. They're good. They're, they can get a little better than that, whereas the U.S. team can get substantially better than the team that won the Gold Cup. The U.S. proved that they can defend. They allowed one goal in, what, seven games? And Matt Turner, I mean, you may have to change a little bit out of playing out of the back because that's not his forte. I don't think he's terrible at that. And he can bang a long ball if you need it. He's the number one goalkeeper now. And Miles Robinson may be the number one center back pairing with John Brooks. If not him, then maybe James Sands. So we look at those players that are going to be part of the the 23-man roster without question. Matt Turner. Whether he starts, I I don't think you could scribble him in because Zach Stevens still is uh, got priority there. But that could change. Remember, there's three games in the the qualifying set. So maybe two guys do get games. I mean, getting two games in a window is is doable, but three, they're going to make some changes. And if you have two goalkeepers, why not? Matt Turner has proven you don't have to worry about him at all. I can only, it was a great summer for goalkeepers in each continental tournament. Gianluigi Donnarumma, who was the hero for Italy in the penalty shootout. Emmy Martinez, who had some shootout 
moments for Argentina and was a big part of why they were able to win Copa America. And now Matt Turner, there you go. Holy Trinity, goalkeepers that helped themselves. And I can assure you, a lot of European clubs looking at Matt Turner if they weren't already. Why wouldn't you want that guy? He is such a competitor and a monster. And he got tested a lot and he saved and he made it look easy. Acrobatic saves, no mistakes, just perfect. So Matt Turner in, James Sands, Miles Robinson in. You know, the fullbacks, they got a little they got a little funky with the fullbacks. George Bellow got a game, which was okay because it, it kind of stretched them out. Um, I'm not sure about Shaq Moore getting in there because it's a competitive spot, but I would think he gets it. Reggie Cannon's going to be in there. Uh, you know, if I think about it, it's maybe the whole team that's probably going to find a way in there. Eric Williamson, who I saw at the airport, wished him uh, congratulations. He was a lovely young man. And good for those players who got to celebrate. I mean, he came in and did, did a job. He's a kind of midfielder that uh, you could always find minutes for. I'd say that about Christian Roldan as well, who did very well. And um, I don't know. Those guys are going to be on the cusp. But there's definitely six guys that make it in there. Jossi Zardes can do a lot. He came so far back to help the efforts for the U.S. attack. I think he's going to be there. Matthew Hoppy provides cover to a couple positions also. Uh, DK and Busio probably not. I mean, with Kellen Acosta, yes. And Kellen Acosta, I think we found the guy who can back up Tyler Adams. Everyone was worried about that position, but I feel everyone's got to feel good about Kellen Acosta hitting that ball to set up the Miles Robinson goal. Logging a lot of minutes gives you another option as a set-piece guy. Kellen Acosta has earned himself a big spot. And these are guys that Greg Berhalter stood next to and supports. Paul Ariola, And you're like, really? Greg Berhalter loves Paul Ariola. Paul Ariola played a great game. And he looked comfortable there. And I would be surprised if he doesn't find himself on that 23-man roster. And all of a sudden, you have experienced players, which experience was something the U.S. didn't quite have. And now they should have it. So, in addition to winning two trophies, finding six or seven players for that team, having your senior team rested for these big games in September, the U.S. did something else. And they put the fear of... And by the way, Mexico and USA now both in the top 10 in the FIFA rankings. Can you believe that? The, the, the rise is complete. They fell way back and the U.S. are now back because they played a lot of games and they've won a lot of games. But the Mexican media knows that these aren't apples to apples. The U.S. system, the U.S. program is flying by Mexico. I'm not saying that USA is going to get all the results. I'm just saying with the players, what they're doing, developing players, the U.S. are running circles around Mexico. Again, Mexico may still finish ahead of the U.S., probably finish ahead of the U.S. in qualifying because USA will find some issues, I think, along the way. I think they'll finish solidly in second. But the future is so much more brighter because of Weston McKinney and Christian Pulisic and the the ton of young players that are under 23, 24 that are playing big minutes in the Champions League, whereas many of these Mexico players are not. Hector Herrera is, but he's on the back end of his career. Edson Alvarez, maybe. Chucky Lozano, maybe. Although in Napoli, he didn't make the Champions League. Uh, Tecatito Corona, yes, good player. But then look at the U.S. long line and then the RB Leipzig connection with now Brendan Aronson and Caden Clark. 
Leipzig's not going anywhere. They're going to win a Bundesliga shield. And more Americans are going to go there to play for an American coach. So uh, this is a huge revelation. And there's going to be players that move on from MLS. Gianluca Buzio, it should be any minute now where we hear he goes to the city. Uh, Daryl DK, maybe not for the big price tag, but has uh, uh, a possibility. If you're a Champions League team, you look at Matt Turner, go, if you need a goalkeeper, what about, what about Juventus? I mean, Milan. You gotta go, go get him. You just lost Donnarumma. Turner's kind of a similar talent. So uh, there is uh, so much room for growth and, the growth, and the conveyor belt is not ending anytime soon. More young players, because all these MLS teams are building really good academies. They've taken control of that, and they're putting these guys into the big spots. So get on board. This is why I did this soccer. Well, part of it, part of the soccer OG, because we're heading to that 22 World Cup, and then we're going to head to the 26 World Cup, and this is going to be a huge squad to follow. There's going to be so much exciting developments. These young players are going to draw new fans, and you'll have a good place to start off with the soccer OG as we cover it week in, week out. And again, we'll be there to do some sort of coverage on November the 12th for the qualifier against. We'll look for September the 2nd when they play El Salvador. But these are some big spots here for the United States. And um, get on board now. It's growing. We know that for sure. They have proven it over this summertime. We've got to get shots at some of these big South American and European teams. But that will come as well. We've got to get those games. And it's obviously very difficult in this new era of Nations League, etc. Just in closing a couple things. You know, we give a lot of grief to Mexico fans. They don't deserve it. I was at the stadium. I heard a slight chant. And the PA announcer, the PA announcer was having a, I don't know who he is, and I don't want to throw him under the bus, but he was having a rough, rough night. When Miles Robinson scored the goal, he said it was Reggie Cannon. And I'm like, what? And then he fixed it. And then they also warned the crowd about the chant. But man, it was a whisper. And if you announce the chant, you're just putting that in people's heads. But the fans there were really good, and I didn't want to hear it. I say don't mention anything. If it's a whisper, don't mention it. You're doing the job. People are getting the message. And people at, t- people are at TV going, well, they did hear it. I go, hey, dingbat, I'm at the stadium. I didn't hear it. Granted, I had a couple libations, but nothing crazy. <laughs> It was the Raider Dogs. Also, there's some crazy uh, artwork up there in uh, Allegiant Stadium of past Raiders. Uh, you'll check it out, but that's part of it. But the, the chant was a non-factor, which was good. The refereeing was very cautious because, remember, Greg Berhalter kind of mentioned keep an eye on the physicality. They really policed it well. Mexico probably should have had a red card late on that challenge. But uh, it didn't, still, it was all, all good. The officiating wasn't conca-caffy or whatever you have it. It was very well officiated in many ways. The chant was non-existent. The Mexico fans are great, and they make it. They made that an event. So the U.S. fans, we've got to push it. And I know we have these great supporter cultures and fan bases, uh, Sam's Army and uh, the American Outlaws. we got to get it going. We've got to plant some people in there. We've got to have more cool super fans. Because we're kind of we're kind of in there. Mexico had it. The camera catches all the Mexican families. The, the, the women were dressing 
it, 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 out, like they were going out on a on a night. The U.S. fans, I mean, there was this guy next to me. He had a Dos Acero shirt. There was ketchup stains on it. There was a moth hole in it. And I'm like, come on, man. Let's tighten it up. Let's go out there dressed to impress. Let's show we're cool because we are cool. The collections, when we get there, we don't act cool when we're there. We kind of, you know, we do what we do. We're a sophisticated crew. Let's show it. All right? Let's work on that. Let's make, because if we're fans, that draws in more people. We want to be inclusive here because it means better coverage for the fans, more money for the players, more money for the media, all of that. Better, better access. We should be more welcoming. And they will be appreciative. Fans have a big voice here, but we got to do a better job, U.S. soccer fans, all right? I mean, we always knew we were going to be outnumbered there. That's not a big deal, but we got to cool it up, you know? I can't do it myself. I'm just, I just got two hands here. All right, we'll get back to a, a somewhat more normal soccer OG. We'll talk more about the players that help themselves moving forward, and we'll get you ready for September. European leagues are coming back, so we'll talk about that as well. It never ends. We did it, folks. We got by. Can you imagine the Euros and Copa America and the Olympics? If you've been paying attention to that, uh, the U.S. women obviously out. A quick point about them. It's good that we're critical because the U.S. women have created such a successful team. If they don't hit, if they don't win everything, you can be critical of them. And this team needs to work on some things. They've got to get younger. They've got to find some new young talent, which is there. And give them the opportunity. So, in all due respect to Carly Lloyd and Megan Rapino and Kelly Sauerbrunn, who have done so much big tournaments, you've got to step aside. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. And it's not your decision. You don't have to step aside. But U.S. soccer's got to have grown-up conversations and say, sorry, we're going young. This is perfect that it happened. And it's perfect that it was a loss to Canada because now Canada develops their women's game a little bit. If they can win a gold medal, it'd be huge. They'll take on Sweden. By the way, I went back to my hotel in Las Vegas at 1 a.m. Pacific time. Watched that game. And at the end of the game, I went out and played some blackjack. And I had a good run there on blackjack. So I was out late. So needless to say, I need to catch up on some sleep, sweat out some toxins, and get back to normal. But for the U.S. women, this was a good tournament. They beat the Netherlands. They got to the semifinals. I'd say you weren't playing well and you got to a semifinals. That's good. Now you get ready for the big competition in 2023 for the World Cup and to protect and go for three in a row. And the U.S. should do it. They're still the best in the world. That's going to be in Australia. Hopefully things are better with travel because it's impossible to go for Australia and New Zealand right now. Uh, We do have two years or less than that coming up for the start of that tournament. But the U.S. women have, you know, these young players led by Rose Lavelle. You give her the keys and they push forward. Uh, And I guarantee you, you'll have 19, 20, 21-year-old players that have waited their opportunity And it's because of the work that this generation did. Winning World Cups make young girls go into soccer and stay in soccer and feel they can get a professional career out of it. So this is how the cycle works. I would say the U.S. are still way clearly the best team in the world. The number two, three, and four teams in the world all finished behind the U.S. The Netherlands were beaten in the quarterfinals. Germany and uh, France did not make it. Great Britain didn't play well. Brazil, they need a reset. Sweden's been the, the really uh, interesting development. I expect them to win, even though uh, this game hasn't happened yet. It may not go that way. But and all in all, great for the women's game to build some competition. Because USA ripping through everyone's not going to do anyone any favors. Um, in the big picture, to, to build this sport even more. 
We need to see that from across the world. This is the Soccer OG. Thanks for being along with me. Ah, I, I love it. And uh, we'll, we'll get back to a, a more traditional sense of the show starting this weekend, Sunday night. It'll be out for your listening pleasure. Palacio Domingo.